Welcome to Herb W. Morgan's Slaying Bulls and Bears, a podcast about economics, markets, investing, politics, and profit. Every Monday, in less than 20 minutes, Wall Street portfolio manager Herb W. Morgan distills the complex and complicated into the simple and sensical. Here's Herb now. Good morning. It's Monday, August 15th, 2022. I'm Herb Morgan, Senior Managing Director, Chief Investment Officer here at uh, Efficient Market Advisors, a business of Cantor Fitzgerald Investment Advisors. This is my weekly economic and market commentary. You can follow me intro week for further commentary and content on LinkedIn under Herb Morgan. This is available both as a subscription free based presentation. You see the slides or get it from our website. You'll know you're getting that subscription. It's also available as a podcast, which is of course audio only. You can tell your smart device to play Herb Morgan's podcast, or you can say play Slaying Bulls and Bears on any of the major podcast format players. The presentation you are seeing and or hearing this morning has been uh, created by me for use with you. Whether you are a financial advisor or an individual investor, you are still expected to make your own investment decisions. Nothing contained in the presentation is investment advice. There are no recommendations for the purchase or sale of any securities. Everything is for informational purposes only. There is no advice given. Even the accuracy, adequacy, or completeness of the information cannot be guaranteed. We had a great week in equities last week, primarily driven by better than expected inflation reports. All indicators suggest that the inflation situation is rapidly improving. May not feel like it on our day to day, but it is rapidly improving. We'll show you some data on that. And that was the primary driver of the market going higher. The secondary driver of the market going higher is that earnings for the quarter pretty much wrapped up for the second quarter came in largely much better than expected. More importantly than the earnings themselves coming in better than expected, but the operating margins came in better than expected. Operating margins on consumer companies were a little weaker, less able to pass on uh, price increases, but on businesses, on business to business, those operating margins actually expanded in the second quarter, really surprising the market, driving equities higher Last week, you can see here, S&P 500 was up 3.4% mid and small cap. Even international markets, which have been pretty weak as of late. We had a, uh, some weak data on China on Sunday night, uh, which led the China's uh, central bank, the PBOC, to cut interest rates. Oh, interest rates here marginally higher last week. You can see the ag down 21 basis points. But high yields still roaring back. High yield always moves in sympathy with equities. The year-to-date losses in high yield are now less than the year-to-date declines in the aggregate bond index. That tells you something because normally you would expect high yield to do far worse in a down market because the market's predicting recession, et cetera, bankruptcies in high yield that you wouldn't get as much of necessarily in the investment grade and certainly not in the U.S. Treasury market, which makes up a big component, big part of the aggregate bonds. It's a big component of the aggregate bond index. Economic data, small business optimism rose for the first time this year, albeit extraordinarily by a small amount. 
coming off of a nine-year low, rose to 89.9, is a little bit above expectations. That's still very low reading, very anemic reading. Small businesses are not particularly optimistic, but does it signal you know, an end to the declines? I don't know. Last, you, know, you can see here, usually doesn't stay low for long. It starts to bounce higher. You can see it there in 2020, et cetera. So we'll see if that continues uh, next month. Here's the one and probably the biggest negative um, is productivity and unit labor costs. Was labor costs go up? Obviously productivity goes down. It fell minus 4.6% right along with expectations. 7.4% uh, drop uh, in the prior quarter. This is the worst set of consecutive declines since you see it 1947 when we were coming off the war, World War II, and um, worst on record on a year-over-year -year basis. So labor costs are really, really hurting. But as I mentioned earlier, operating margins for the S&P 500 actually rose last quarter that was because if you take out the consumer discretionary and the consumer staples, the really the consumer serving stocks, and you look at the business serving stocks, um, they were they they were able to grow margins. So that was a surprise to analysts, surprise to markets, and that's why you've seen this big big rebound. That plus the inflation expectations rolling over in equities. The question now is: Is it sustainable? Because it's been about a perfect. 50% retracement off of the decline of the bear market. And that's pretty typical within a bear market. So I'm not ready to claim Ali Ali Oxen free, everybody come out and increase your equity exposure. Why? We still have a lot of things to overcome and get through. Primarily, we need to get through the Fed rate hiking cycle, which is not over. The, uh, a lot of the doves on the Fed, people like Neil Kashkari from the Minneapolis Fed, are turning into pretty aggressive hawks. And they really are signaling, even though inflation data is improving, we are not done. We are going to continue to put the pressure on this and probably go beyond uh, the level we think we need to get to, quite possibly in the end, uh, putting the economy into recession. It is definitely not there now. CPI for the month of July was much better than expected. It was unchanged month over month. And the estimate was for a two-tenths of a percent uh, increase. Eight and a half percent year over year, estimate was for 8.7. That's what one of the things that really sent the market rising uh, uh, last week. The same thing came from the PPI or producer price index. Uh, you can see the same, same thing, beating expectations and falling over. What it's telling us is that we've, we've got to peak inflation. That doesn't mean the Fed's going to stop. Uh, there's always the question of, do they go too far? Do they not go far enough? They definitely went too far with the monetary stimulus that created uh, the inflation that we're experiencing now. Um, question is, will they stop, pause, reduce the rate of the increases? At this point, it's very unknown, but the futures markets are suggesting that they're still going to do another 75 basis points at their September meeting. Now, there is no August meeting. That's where they've got the big Jackson Hole Symposium. And so the September meeting will be post Jackson Hole, post another set of monthly data. So those numbers could change pretty, uh, pretty significantly. Export and import prices also declining. July import prices fell 1.4%. That is more of an, a decrease than expected. Uh, export prices fell 
So all sort of all the inflation stuff kind of moving in the right direction, uh, showing that the Fed's uh, activity, the runoff in the balance sheet, the hiking of short-term rates is definitely beginning to have an impact. The other thing that's having an impact is quite frankly, just working through the supply, supply chain issues. You know, this, this bear market, this inflation, all of this is, is sort of self-induced, right? We, we intervened in the marketplace, uh, both on a fiscal and a monetary basis um, because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, I felt at the time, I stated at the time that we did too much, um, that the economic shutdown was the wrong policy for the economy. I don't know whether or not it was the right policy from a medical a human life perspective. From an economic perspective, we knew it would do very significant uh, damage, and it did. And we're still, this inflation is still part of that sort of, oops, we did this, now we got to do that. And we're kind of chasing our tail a little bit. Um, sometimes it's better to leave the economy to its own devices, and it will sort of self-level and figure things out on its own. Wholesale inventories in the month of June gained 1.8%, right around the 1.9% expectation. You can see this huge buildup in inventories, which is coming off of the, uh, the issues that were uh, you know, related to the economic shutdown. You, you let your inventories run down because everything's shut down. Now you have to build your inventories. That rate of inventory build is now starting to level off. It's still high. So that's still signaling a lot of economic activity but it is starting to level off as we make progress with the supply chain issues. The other thing that happened, uh, this is actually an August report, but the University of Michigan's consumer sentiment stopped going down. Um, you know, we were at you know, multi-decade lows in sentiment because of inflation, primarily gasoline, energy, and food, um, which are obviously staples for everybody. But here for the first time in a long time, uh, consumer sentiment rose, small, still low, right? We're not enthusiastic about the prospects for the economy at the moment, but it did get better or less bad, I should say. Expectations rose, current conditions rose as well. Now, take this with a grain of salt. This is the Bloomberg economics probability of a U.S. recession within the tw next 24 months. It's an indicator, it's, it's, they gather some data, they come up with a calculation. Nothing is perfect. And these, these indicators of recession probabilities tend to rely and tend to heavily weight yield curve inversions, which of course we have, we've had for some time. Yield curve inversion doesn't guarantee or mean a recession is coming. However, let's take a look at this back to the early 1990s. You can see when the Bloomberg economics probability indicator gets to 100%, you can see there's a recession following. Now, here's the issue got to 100% in you know, 1998, recession didn't come until 2001. Here it got there in 2005, and the recession came in 2008. Here we got there you know, in 2018-19, and the recession came, that was related to COVID, it was a very brief recession, and we've just gotten there again today. This does not mean it's happening, does not mean the Fed's uh, activity is going to push us into a recession. But I do think the probability is significantly elevated. I do not think it's happening in 2022. We only got four months or four and a half months left of 2022. Uh, but if the Fed hikes beyond the level necessary to contain inflation and to get that core PCE number down to 
uh, because they're trying desperately to maintain their credibility in the global financial marketplace, then, uh, then of course, they could easily tip us into a recession. Okay. And, but let's, I, I mentioned we've got, you know, the CPI was down, the PPI was down, import prices were down, export prices were down. But the, the market for inflation, you know, this is people betting with large amounts of money on the bond markets and what are called inflation break-evens. You can see this number was over 5% just in late March. We're now down to 2.76% here uh, on Monday, August 15th, 2022. So it's a very rapid improvement in inflation expectations. And this is basically saying that inflation will run for the next two years at 2.7%. Now, what, what the FOMC, Federal Open Market Committee, wants to see is they want to see that number below two. They want to see the five-year break-even below two, the 10-year uh, number below two. So as far as they're concerned, look, jobs are still being created. Operating margins are still intact for the S&P 500. Uh, and inflation is still above our target. We are going to continue to... Um, Put the pedal to the metal, and so they're going to hike rates again in uh, in in September at their September meeting. Okay, in terms of data this week, we've got plenty of data. The National Association of Home Builders Sentiment Index already came out this morning, right before I started recording the podcast, and it was negative, meaning below fifty. Sentiment turned negative, first time in a long time, and so that was. That's something the Fed will notice, right? Because that's a disinflationary reading for sure. I expect housing permits and starts to be very poor uh, when those are reported tomorrow. Uh, the minutes from the last FOMC meeting, I don't expect any surprises there. Philly Fed. Um, oh, by the way, Empire State Manufacturing Survey was miserable this morning as well. So we've had that 50% retracement. The markets you know, come back up. 50% uh, from its declines. I think we see a pause here. I don't think there's much, if anything, for people to do who are long-term investors, timing the market. No matter how good we think our opinions or information is, is, um, is a challenge. I think we stay invested. We do some rebalancing. Uh, we look, you know, uh, we look at all of the variables and all the factors, and we try to make very, very long-term decisions. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. I'll be back to you again in a week. Thank you for listening to Slaying Bulls and Bears. If you'd like to download the slides for this week's podcast, go to www.efficient-portfolios.com and join our mailing list. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, rate us online, and share with a friend if you found this helpful. See you next week.